All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today we're talking about the Falcons choosing an offensive identity. And if that requires them to continue to invest in their offensive line and after years of failures on that front, ways that the Falcons can do that investment right this time. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalFans.com, RIP. Still going strong on Twitter at FalFans, writing weekly content at the Falcoholic, the SB Nation website for the Atlanta Falcons, and, of course, the host of this preeminent Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And before we get into today's Locked On Falcons, I want to thank everyone that makes Locked On Falcons their first listen each and every day. And of course, Locked On Falcons is free and available on a variety of podcast platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Google, Spotify, and of course, now on YouTube, where the video version of the podcast goes up a few hours earlier than the audio version. So make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Falcons YouTube channel. And when you do, make sure you give us that like and leave a comment below. So today's episode, we're going to be talking quite a bit about the Falcons offensive line, uh, talking about how the identity that the Falcons may have offensively may revolve around them making significant improvements to their offensive line, which means that the Falcons are going to have to go back into the well of investing in that unit, a unit that they've invested quite a lot of resources in the draft and money over the last couple of years. Uh, And it hasn't necessarily gone their way because we're still looking at a struggling offensive line, but ways that maybe this new regime, uh, you know, giving my advice, if I can come in and consult a little bit here on the podcast, because I know they're listening, uh, basically making tips and, and, and consulting uh, to ways that they can do a better job with those investments and may, may, be how those investments could pay off in the near future. But let's start things off talking about that need to get an identity. And, you know, I don't know where the Falcons necessarily rank when it came to uh, how many max protections that they ran, those seven and eight man protections that they love to do, you know, utilizing the play action and only sending two or three receivers into the route, often crossing routes uh, that, you know, it was a staple of this Arthur Smith offense. But I did notice looking at the PFF uh, metrics that Lee Smith ranked six in the NFL this past season among tight ends in terms of the overall number of pass blocking snaps, which I think is a testament uh, to how much the Falcons were relying on a lot of those max protect calls uh, where they were only releasing two or three receivers into the route. And that often requires you to have uh, in addition to your offensive linemen and your running backs, uh, your tight ends on the field to stay in to block, to increase the number of blockers. And, you know, that's not crazy in the NFL. A lot of teams do that. I remember back in 2020 where people were criticizing Dirk Cutter for running a lot of those max protection calls and only having two or so guys out in the route. And I kind of looked at that then and thought that criticism was kind of nitpicky at the time because it's, you know, basically a staple of a lot of NFL offenses, a lot of successful NFL offenses, including Arthur Smith's offense. That was one thing I noted in a tweet last January where I think I, you know, to paraphrase that tweet, I was like, if you hated Dirk Cutter having two, only two receivers in the route, then you're going to absolutely hate Arthur Smith's offense because that is a staple of his offense. Um, But, you know, the reason why teams do that, not only because it's a part of 
sort of the the outside zone, particularly, uh, you know, play action concepts. But it also potentially can take pressure off of your offensive line to have to hold up towards a pass rush by getting extra bodies in there. But by taking pressure off the offensive line, you're potentially putting pressure on those receivers because you're having a smaller number of those guys releasing into the route. And typically on any given play uh, in, in terms of defense, there's going to be five to seven guys dropping into coverage. And if you only have two to three receivers, uh, the numbers advantage is going to go to the defense. And so the only way that you take back that numbers advantage is by having, you know, some horses, uh, some dudes, as I referred to it on a recent episode at that wide receiver position that can basically split those bracket coverages and, and all those double teams and whatnot. And obviously the Falcons potentially have one of those guys in Kyle Pitts, but you're going to need a second guy to be that dude as well. Uh, so if that's going to be a core part of the Falcons offense, you know, they're definitely going to have to have another dude opposite Kyle Pitts uh, in 2022. And that's part of the reason why I'm so concerned about the potential of the Falcons uh, moving on from Calvin Ridley this offseason and the need for them to find someone of comparable skill level uh, if this is going to continue to be a staple of the Arthur Smith offense. But assuming that we are on a timeline where Calvin Ridley is not going to be playing for the Atlanta Falcons in 2022 and, and given, you know, it's not going to be easy to to bring in another playmaker of his caliber, uh, you know, this off season uh, to the Falcons um, roster, you know, one of the ways that they can compensate by that is by not having to rely as much on those max protections, those seven and eight man protections and having more receivers released into the route. And that may mean having only five or six man protections, uh, which is, you know, the norm for a number of NFL teams. Uh, but that's, uh, means that, you know, the Falcons are going to have to upgrade their offensive line because we know currently this current group, at least based off of how they performed in 2021, is not capable of holding up on an island uh, in those pass protections. Um, but, you know, upgrading the offensive line isn't particularly sexy. Uh, but maybe a few weeks from now, after this year's Super Bowl, maybe it'll be a little bit sexier because there's a couple of teams that are competing in the postseason that potentially are bringing sexy back uh, to the offensive line. And we'll talk about that, you know, coming up on today's uh, Locked On Falcons. But speaking of sexy, it's, you know, a new year and maybe it's time for a new you. And, you know, Built Bar may help you on the inside, feeling better on the inside. But how about looking better on the outside with some sexy new threads? But, you know, clothes cost money. And a great way to make that money uh, is by heading over to Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering action in 2022. It's a new year. It's a new you, and it's a new website at betonline.ag. Sign up today and use the promo code locked on, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That means if you deposit 200 bucks, you get a hundred dollars in free money to play for. Uh, that's free money that you can put towards betting on football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, all the way to your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait and take advantage of all those amazing offers available at BetOnline for 2020 because BetOnline remains the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. And, you know, wagering on favorite sports, I love to bet on playoff football. You know, I'm recording this before uh, the Arizona Rams game is the results are known. And I'm hinging on the results of that game to hit on my three-team wildcard weekend parlay. But maybe you guys are looking forward to the divisional round and putting together a three-team parlay. I'm, I'm already sort of collecting the data, looking at the Bengals, maybe plus 35 against the Titans as underdogs there. The Packers, the five-and-a-half-point favorites against the 49ers in frigid Lambeau Field next weekend. And I'm 
still on the fence about where I'm leaning with the Bills and, and Chiefs right now with the Chiefs favored by two and a half points. Uh, but we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, and you guys can see about that, whether you want to bet on those games or others by heading over to Bet Online where the game starts. So investing in the offensive line is not particularly sexy, especially given how much the Falcons have invested in a unit over the last couple of years, and it hasn't necessarily paid off. But as I said earlier, it might be getting sexy again, particularly if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. You know, it was it was seemingly pretty sexy after last year's Super Bowl win with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, having what was considered to be uh, one of the best, if not the best offensive line in, in the NFL, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And certainly we saw how devastated the Chiefs offensive line was in that Super Bowl. So it seemed like a lot of people were like, yeah, you got to you got to build up that offensive line. And we know how Super Bowls are magic. And so we know if the Chiefs wind up going back to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl, uh, people will come away from that game as they always do every year and say, oh, the team that wins the Super Bowl, you got to copy their blueprint, right? And we saw the Chiefs this past offseason after that devastation uh, wreaked on them by the Bucs in last year's Super Bowl, went out and replaced five, all five of their offensive line starters. And if they, again, get back to the Super Bowl a year after doing that, everybody's going to sit here and say, hey, man, let's do that. Right. It's a copycat league. You go back to the Eagles Super Bowl win over the Patriots and everybody was like, we got to get you got to get, uh, you know, four horsemen of the apocalypse on your defensive line. That's what, what guided the Eagles to a Super Bowl. So everybody needs to build that. And, you know, every year the narrative shifts slightly to a, a, a new thing, as I've mentioned already. And I'm looking forward to whatever the narratives are this year after this year's Super Bowl. You know, if Cincinnati wins, I'm sure people will be like, you got to get a big time playmaker at wide receiver like Jamar Chase. He's the reason why they went to the Super Bowl. You know, if you team like Buffalo or, or the Rams win, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, you got to get a big time. You got to get a Josh Allen or, you know, the Rams went out and made a major upgrade at the quarterback position uh, potentially with Matt Stafford. And, and everybody's going to be like, yeah, you got to go out there and go all in on Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or even Matt Ryan this off season. Um, and if Green Bay wins, uh, you know, you, you got to have your quarterback throw a hissy fit, right? <laughs> in the off season. And, and that will be the key to your success. Uh, if you're, if your quarterback's unhappy uh, in the off season, then your team is going to motivate him to win the Super Bowl. So, you know, people got to say, Matt Ryan's got to throw a hissy fit. If, if that's what the Falcons, uh, that's, the, that's the thing that's going to unlock the true potential uh, of the Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan demanding to be traded. Right. So, you know, when we talk about investing in the offensive line, it means that you're not necessarily investing in the defense. And, you know, I know for a lot of folks, they want to see this team invest in the defense, particularly after this season, particularly after several seasons of seeing this defense be down. And, you know, for a lot of folks, they say, hey, the Falcons have neglected their defense and in making investments on that side of the ball. And that's not necessarily true, right? If you look at their top 100 picks, the 13 top 100 picks that they've had over the last five drafts, seven of them have gone to the defense and six of them have gone to the offense. The problem is that when you look at those seven players outside of AJ Terrell, every single one of them has failed to live up to expectations, whether we're talking about Tack McKinley, Duke Riley, Deidre Sonat, Isaiah Oliver, uh, Marlon Davidson, and so far, again, we'll see what Richie Grant becomes, uh, but so far he hasn't necessarily come in and, and lived up to expectations in, in year one. So we'll see what happens in year two for him moving forward. And then when you look at the offensive investments, um, you know, it's not because they're neglecting their offensive line during that span is why the team is struggling because four out of the six top 100 draft picks that the Falcons have had over that five-year span have been offensive linemen. 
but it, they too, outside of Chris Lindstrom, you know, three out of those four guys have failed to live up to expectations. And I, I do re- recall going back to that 2020 draft and talking about, I think the day after we drafted Matt Hennessy or the Monday after we drafted Matt Hennessy uh, in that 2020 draft and being optimistic and hopeful that, you know, Matt Hennessy was the final piece of the puzzle for this Falcons offensive line, right? After using high picks on Lindstrom and McGarry the previous year and, and Hennessy uh, to potentially be groomed as Alex Max replacement. And it was like, okay, now we have three out of the five starters that we need um, to, to really lock down this Falcons offensive line. And if those three guys can grow into the, their, you know, hit their ceilings in the NFL. And, you know, at that time I thought, you know, Caleb McGarry had a Ryan Schrader esque ceiling. Obviously Chris Lindstrom had a Ali Marpet esque ceiling. Who's now been a pro bowler the last couple of years. Um, and, and, you know, Matt Hennessy to me had the potential to be a top 10, top 12 type of center in this league. And if all those guys hit their ceilings, you know, we would have, you know, really strong core of our offensive line for many, many years to come going into the final twilight years of Matt Ryan. He'd be well protected. And even in the future beyond Matt Ryan, uh, where someone else was the quarterback, that guy would be well protected. But obviously we haven't seen those, those hopes and dreams come to fruition these last couple of years. And it remains a possibility, particularly if, if Dwayne Ledford, uh, you know, hopefully is a superior coach to the Falcons previous offensive line coach and, and Chris Lynn, Chris Morgan, I'm sorry. And hopefully he can coach those guys up and we'll see big improvements for several of those guys heading into 2022. But uh, right now it's, it's hard to necessarily hold your breath on that hope moving forward and, you know, exacerbating the situation with, with the disappointment that you can say those draft investments are is the Falcons whiffing on free agents over these last, you know, three or four off seasons. And and so what it leads to is like the Falcons strategy of investing in their offensive line is not a bad strategy on paper. It's a great strategy. It's the right strategy. The problem has just been a lack of execution. Right. Um, and, you know, I, as we wrap up today's uh, lockdown Falcons, I, I want to sort of review, you know, that lack of execution um, moving forward. But, you know, speaking of reviews, why not have an expert review your taxes, right? Because, you know, life can throw some difficult uh, curveballs at you and, and change your circumstances. And, and that leads to people thinking, you know, you're going to have more complicated taxes, but, you know, a TurboTax Live expert can make things easier and more interesting for you. Maybe you inherited a condo or you're renting it out. Maybe you're getting paid in crypto and you're not sure how that's taxed. Well, TurboTax Live experts know that an interesting life can mean an even greater refund and TurboTax Live can match you with the right expert uh, that has the experience for your unique situation and can answer all your tax questions right from your phone or computer. They can even take care of the whole filing process for you, whether you launched a startup or working multiple jobs or juggling multiple incomes. An experienced TurboTax Live expert can help you during the entire filing process or do your taxes for you from start to finish to get your tax deductions that you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes into it. TurboTax Live. So before we uh, wrap up today's episode, I, I want to thank again, you guys for making Lockdown Falcons your first listen each and every day. And I always have recommendations for what your second listen should be. And of course, why not check out Lockdown Bulldogs uh, to, to continue the 
months long celebration for the national championship or checking out lockdown Hawks. The Hawks made a big trade recently with Cam Reddish. See what's going on with that team. We still got more trades potentially coming as the trade deadline approaches. And of course, locked on Braves uh, off season, you know, hot stove talk, whatever it's called. You know, I'm not a baseball guy, but check out locked on Hawks. Uh, all of them af- available on the same podcast platforms. You can find locked on Falcons and locked on Hawks and locked on, I'm mean, sorry, locked on Braves and locked on Bulldogs are also available on YouTube. So guys, um, you know, going back over the Falcons free agent whiffs, you go back to 2018, right? Um, you know, for the most part, prior to that, they did a really good job. Um, with Levitri and Chester and Alex Mack, you know, Mike person was actually decent for the price that we paid, uh, but wasn't decent enough to, to solve that problem. But you go back to 2018 where things really got awry for the Falcons when they went out and signed Brandon Fosco, right? And he was meant to be the upgrade over West Schweitzer at that right guard position because the Falcons didn't want to wait you know, the two, three years that it would take for West Schweitzer to hit. So they wanted to go out there and get an immediate upgrade there. Um, and the problem was Fusco wasn't really a great fit in the outside zones scheme. You know, he had experience playing in that scheme the previous year in 2017 with uh, the 49ers and the Kyle Shanahan. Um, but honestly, I, I don't think that was the reason why the Falcons signed. I think the main reason why the Falcons signed Brandon Fusco was because they had just been worked over by Aaron Donald uh, in that playoff game against the Rams in 2017 um, or in January of 2018. And they thought that they were a team, you know, poised to be competing for the, in, in January with the Rams every single year, and they needed an answer to the Aaron Donald problem. And since Brandon Fusco had a decent game against Aaron Donald the previous year in 2017, they were like, hey, this guy might help us solve our Aaron Donald problem because clearly Ben Garland and Wes Schweitzer were not the answers that we were looking for in that playoff game. And that didn't necessarily work out. Then the Falcons dipped back into that well in the disaster of the 2019 offseason that we all, uh, you know, wish that people on various daily podcasts would not bring up anymore because it's all just bad memories when the Falcons went out there and and paid a lot of money for James Carpenter and Jamon Brown. And neither of those guys were great fits in the scheme. You know, Carpenter did have experience again, like Fusco, um, but you know, like the 49ers got rid of Fusco because he wasn't that great a fit in that scheme. Carpenter wasn't a great fit in that Seattle outside zone scheme. And that's why Seattle moved on from him. Uh, Obviously we know Seattle didn't necessarily (laughs) uh, improve their offensive line after getting rid of James Carpenter, but it was something worth considering in that regard. And and Jamon Brown, another player that had a lot of experience playing in an outside zone scheme in, uh, you know, LA slash St. Louis with the Rams, but the Rams upgraded uh, over him with a 290 pound guard in Austin Blythe. Uh, And then, um, you know, again, cases where guys had experience in the scheme, but clearly their respective teams thought that they could find better options, which the Falcons should have taken as a hint. As these aren't the guys that are necessarily going to solve the Falcons problems in that scheme. And, and that was, was what was so frustrating with Thomas Dimitrov, uh, the Falcons previous general manager that, you know, going into that 2019 offseason, that was what his fifth offseason um, working with this coaching staff and with this scheme. How do you still not understand after five years, what are the types of players that fit in the scheme? And, and that wasn't Brandon Fusco. That wasn't James Carpenter. That wasn't Jamon Brown. Right. Um, and the fact that the Falcons went out and spent a lot of money to basically square peg guys in that 2019 offseason just 
you know, obviously left a, a, a very bitter taste in our mouths. And then they had to go out there and, and, and continue to invest those resources in the draft to basically fix the problem that the all that money that they spent in free agency, you know, whatever the amount of guaranteed it was like $25 million in guaranteed money, whatever the ridiculous amount of money that they spent didn't solve the problem. And that's kind of one part of uh, why I was so frustrated when the Falcons drafted Jalen Mayfield this past offseason, right? Um, it made it doubly frustrating because, you know, you hope that with Terry Fontenot, it's like, okay, well, at least we can f- fix this problem, right? And then Terry Fontenot, his first offseason comes in and they draft a player that's another square peg, and you know, a player that had little to no experience playing an outside zone scheme at Michigan and didn't necessarily have the athleticism and the athletic upside to think that, well, he, he could learn. We can teach him. He can develop him in that scheme. And, and to Jalen Mayfield's credit, he wasn't a disaster or whatever the case may be, but it was very clear watching the film that, you know, he was very inconsistent. And, and that's owed to the fact that he's just not a great fit in the scheme. And you compare that to, say, an offensive lineman that you, I'm sure you'll see mocked to the Falcons uh, several times over the next several weeks and months, uh, like Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. And based off my film study, Texas A&M doesn't run a ton of outside zone scheme, uh, similar to what Michigan uh, did under uh, when Jalen Mayfield was there, but at least Kenyon green, you know, at least based off of my film study, we'll see what he tests like at the combine, but has the athleticism that you could think like, Oh, he could, he could grow into that scheme, right? He may not have the experience, but eventually he'll grow into that scheme and he has the athleticism to fit that scheme. So it would make sense at least in that mindset that even if you're going to take a player that doesn't fit the scheme, take somebody that at least has the upside to excel in the scheme. And that's, you know, part of the, you know, reason why I was not a, a big fan of the Jalen Mayfield pick. But, you know, if the Falcons, you know, whether it's Kenyon Green or, or somebody else, continue to go down this path this offseason and investing in the offensive line, obviously the point is of me going through this is they need to make better choices. They need to find guys that fit this scheme. And, and the Falcons are even more of an outside zone scheme, uh, at least were this past season under Arthur Smith than they were in previous years under Dirk Cutter and Steve Sarkeesian, Right. And so, you know, obviously you want to see better investments in free agency and that this offseason may include guys like James Daniel from Chicago, Ben Jones, center from Tennessee. We know that those guys are really good fits in the scheme. And, you know, neither one of those teams, unlike in previous instances with Fusco and Carpenter and Brown, you know, the, the Bears don't want to lose James Daniel. So, you know, we'll see if he hits the market for that reason. But, you know, if they lose James Daniels, it's not because they wanted, they felt like they could do a better job than James Daniels. He's arguably their best offensive lineman. It's because he's too expensive. Right. And, and Ben Jones has been a, a key part of the Titans rushing success over the last four or five years. Right. If the Titans lose Ben Jones, it's not because, Oh, they felt like they could do a better job than Ben Jones. We've seen Ben Jones excel in this Arthur Smith led offense in Tennessee these last couple of years, you know? So those are good signings where it's like, let's get guys that other teams actually want to keep as opposed to guys that other teams are like, eh, whatever, we don't need that guy. You know, like those are the types of free agents I want to see the team. You know, like a, a guy like Lakin Tomlinson, who's been solid for the 49ers the last couple of years, but if the 49ers let him walk in free agency, like is he a guy, are they letting him walk because they feel like they can do a better job than him? Or are they letting him walk because of they don't, have the money to afford to keep them. So those are the types of things that you need to look for when we're talking about some of these free agents, you want to get guys that the the teams that they're leaving want to actually keep, not just guys that they can take or leave. You know what I'm saying? And then when you look at the draft, if the Falcons, you know, bypass free agency or, you know, do what they did in 2019, which is actually make 
good signings of free agency and then continue and invest in the offensive line. Because again, going back to the chiefs example, they replaced five starters and we're looking at this Falcons offensive line saying, maybe we need to replace three starters. Maybe we need to borrow a page from them and, and upgrade left guard center and right tackle, right? Left tackles fine. Right guards fine. But the, those other three spots are problem areas, right? And so maybe you get James Daniels to come in and, and play that left guard position where he's played at a high level in previous years in Chicago. Ben Jones comes in and gives you that veteran center presence, similar to what Alex Mack uh, gave for the team several years ago, right? That leaves right tackle, right, in that situation. And maybe you go out there and you get someone like Aniki Aquanu from NC State who has some experience playing some right tackle. Uh, also has some experience playing left guard. My personal opinion is I think he's a better fit as a left guard than he is as a right tackle, but um, certainly checks the boxes that I think the Falcons want uh, in, you know, a potential, particularly a first round target at, at along the offensive line. He's athletic, right? So, you know, he has the upside. Uh, he's nasty, arguably the nastiest offensive lineman in this draft class and probably the nastiest offensive lineman I've seen probably in, in like three or four draft classes. Um, and he's versatile because he's played multiple positions along that NC state offensive line. And, you know, the fact that he went to NC state knows that, you know, he's a scheme fit because that's basically what NC state's offensive lines bread and butter has been for the better part of the last seven years, which is a lot of outside zone stuff. And, you know, guess who was the offensive line coach at NC state when they were recruiting Iki Aquino, you know, four years ago, Dwayne Ledford, current Falcons offensive line coach. Guess who was the running backs coach? You know, his freshman year when he showed up on campus in, in Raleigh, North Carolina, Desmond Kitchens, the former Falcons running backs coach who just left to go to UVA uh, to be the offensive coordinator there. So, like, you know, I look at a player like Iki Aquano, and I've been thinking this since September. And I put out a mock draft on, on Monday, basically pushing this. Um, so, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push this, you know, Iki Aquano narrative similar to pushing the Kyle Pitts narrative. We'll see if how accurate it is come draft day, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm an early adopter to Iki Aquana. So, uh, you know, eventually as, as I did uh, with Kyle Pitts and, and shout out to Smitty sports machine for being uh, also one of the, the Vanguard in this regard. But uh, you know, eventually, you know, everybody was like rejecting Kyle Pitts and then, sold on it by, by the time we got the draft. And I, I personally take responsibility for that. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I feel like we could do, a, I could pull off a, a similar thing with Iki Aquanu uh, by the time we get the draft, you know, you guys are like, I don't, I don't know about offensive line, but then we get to April, like, you know, this Iki Aquanu guy, like I, he's, he's a perfect fit or whatever. And it gets me be like, yes, my work here is done. So, you know, that's, <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> the, the, the underlying goal here uh, to, to sort of stake my claim here plant my flag. Um, and I'm not s- suggesting that, you know, Iki Aquanu is the guy that the Falcons should pick, right? You know, frankly, I don't really care who the Falcons pick. Uh, I just want them to get a good player. I think Iki Aquanu is a good player, but I'm just making the case of, for why the Falcons may decide to go down that path, uh, you know, given their need to invest in the offensive line. And, and frankly, you know, if we're, we're living on that timeline where Calvin Ridley is gone this offseason, you know, frankly, the Falcons seem to go all in on running football in, in 2022. So Iki Aquanu, first round pick, um, you know, quarterback, second round pick and, and get you a running quarterback, um, <laughs> you know, get, so, get someone that can open up the running game uh, in that regard and then probably draft the running back in, in third round, you know, get get you Brian Robinson with that uh, with that other second round pick, you know, just go all in on on, on <laughs> with your first three picks. And then, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody's 
hoping the Falcons go defense, you know, is sitting here, you know, throwing their phone across the room. Like, how dare you? And I'm just, I'm just saying like, you know, if, if they go down that path, like I'll get it. I'll understand it. We'll still have a bad defense, of course, but you know what, maybe then they go, uh, you know, they actually use some free agent dollars and on the defense side of the ball. Cause that's the plan. I don't know. Uh, love to love to see what the Falcons plan is going to be um, this off season. So a lot to unpack there. Uh, in regard to what the Falcons can do, but just basically putting it out there, like, you know, a, a key part of this off season is really going to be what does this team's identity want to be, right? Like, you know, I'm a big believer in pick a path and let's go, you know, full speed down that path. Right. And so if you want to go all in on the offensive line and a running game this off season, like, I don't have a problem with that. Right. You know, cause if, if you, you may not have the weapons to, to, to lean in the past, heavy direction as we have done so much over the last decade. So go all in on, on running the football and establishing the run and all, and all these various things. I'm sure, you know, Vienna Falcons and, and a couple of you guys out there that pay attention to analytics are, are going to be upset, but you know, do what you want to do, Arthur Smith. I, I don't care what you do, just do it and do it well. Right. That's, that's ultimately the problem. I don't care what your strategy is. Just go out there and execute it is basically long story short. Uh, to, to sort of the final lesson of today's episode. So if that includes going down the offensive line, I'm just basically making the case of, of why it would make sense. If the Falcons choose to go all in on defense, then like, I'm not going to complain about that. And just basically like, hopefully that, you know, you rest your hopes on the growth of all these offensive players going into year two. And you just hope that you can make the investments on the defensive side of the ball uh, to, to upgrade that spot. That's a, also a viable strategy. Maybe that's something that we can unpack later this week uh, on the podcast as well. So uh, we'll just sort of have to see how that goes. Uh, I think tomorrow's episode, we will get into the year in position review, starting with the quarterback position. That's the plan right now. Uh, we'll, we'll see if I, I feel good enough to, to, to break that down. Um, basically once we start that, we'll, we'll kind of sprint full bore into that uh, as over these next couple of weeks. Uh, for, you know, to, to give you a wrap on the 2021 season. So that's the plan right now. Uh, and we'll go, you know, position by position uh, moving forward. Um, I just thinking about the offensive line today, as I began to chart their run game, as I said a couple of weeks ago that I would start to do, and hopefully I'll be able to get that done uh, by the next week's in time to get through to the offensive line review. Um, I'm, I'm one game in, so I <laughs> got a long way to go, but uh just thinking about the offensive line today. So um, we'll just sort of see how that goes guys. And I appreciate you guys for tuning in for another episode of lockdown Falcons. Of course, before we duck out of here, you know, talking about making bets and parlays and all these various things, you know, the place to go for better betting advice than lockdown Falcons is of course the lockdown bets podcast. We're handicapping expert Lee Sterling is giving you his daily picks, his ball specials. And of course his lock of the day to help you make, that money so that you can go out there and buy those sexy new threads uh, for new year, new you. Uh, and when you go over to betonline.ag and, and maybe you can save a little bit more money by, uh, you know, hiring a, a TurboTax live expert by heading to TurboTax.com or whatever the case may be. So go check that out. If you guys have any feedback that you want to provide me on anything I talked about on today's episode, of course, you can hit me up on Twitter at Lockdown Falcons, on Facebook at Lockdown Falcons. You can send an email to LockdownFalcons at mail.com. And of course, you can leave a comment here on the Lockdown Falcons YouTube channel. So appreciate it, guys. Uh, Till then.